0: from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model, and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Watersco Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage at PeteEvans.com to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Jason Reynolds invites people to move beyond the philosophical chatter into deliberate action. Jason facilitates powerful organizational architecture and the development of a personal governance required for long-term success. He's passionate about the everyday hero and in particular the next generation, yet his career spans across progressive multinationals, successful entrepreneurs and elite performers upon various stages. His work is focused upon the individual becoming their authority, establishing their state of personal governance required to explore sovereignty. He speaks deliberately and profoundly into embracing the chaos we create, providing a proven navigation to embrace the unknown within all of us. To find out more about Jason Reynolds, follow him on Instagram or Facebook, or go to Conscious Life Events, that's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-L-I-F-E-E-V-E-N-T-S dot com. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, brother?
1: Very good. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, my pleasure. And I think we're going to go pretty deep on this conversation, which is always fun.
1: Down the rabbit hole, as they say. Looking forward to it.
0: So Jason, I want to start off by asking you your perception because there is a lot of information out there. Some of it is contrasting. I mean, even just before I hopped onto this podcast with you, the World Health Organization issued a statement basically retracting what they said yesterday to say that people who have COVID-19, they would not have any antibodies basically or be immune down the track. And then they retracted that. And then today they've changed their spiel. And it seems like that's happening on a day-to-day basis, even with our politicians, our health professionals, or our experts. And somebody asked me, they said, well, what's your stance and position on this, Pete? And I said, I'm actually in a state of bewilderment because I am confused. I am in as much as, hmm... I'm not confused about who I am. I'm not confused about how to live my life, but I'm confused by this current situation that seems to be so conflicting and contradictory and political. And I am wanting to find the path out. And I have that for myself, but I can't see it possibly on a large scale yet. Mm. And I'd love to get your take on this currently is what's happening from your worldview, or actually your universal view if you can take us down that path please jason
1: mm. it's an interesting time because it was once said that ignorance is the basis of all suffering and it may just be changing we may just be shifting to information is the basis of all suffering that there is so much information out there there's so many experts there's so many contradictory opinions yet people of integrity concerned about what they might say in case it might not be true and correct. But we can see if we look only just a little bit below the surface, that there's a lot of misinformation that's being provided, let alone the fact of information that might be coming from a highly integral place is based upon someone's observation and what it is that they are seeking they will find. So to consider that all opinion that is out there and information that's out there, and the way I look at it, The nature of knowledge, which is really information from the past, the nature of the ego, which some of us get caught up in in our own identity in the mind, is a collection again of other people's information. So we are getting caught up in one frame where we falling well behind the capacity that information is being produced. We have lost the capacity to keep up with the ability to be able to discern that. It's not to say that we don't have it. It's to say that we've become apathetic in recognising our capacity to be able to take information and discern it. Now, there's so much information out there at the moment and what it's all fighting for is our attention. And I'm going to probably say this a couple of times through here is that the greatest currency that we have is our attention. It's what everything living around us seeks. Our children require it. We are sustained by it. Our ability to be able to give ourselves our own attention and resolve it and be able to grow from that become fulfilled by it causes us to not need or require anything from another. And that comes down to information, insight, love, and attention. The things that we require that, you know, what's happening a lot now is because people don't believe in themselves and haven't had the guidance, the capacity, or even the focus upon that, is that they're looking to convince others of what they know and what's right. And there's some very educated and very insightful individuals. And, you know, that they speak a very great game and and it's insightful. But it's a challenge for many of us is that we start making decisions as we're listening to other people. And that's not much dissimilar to something called hypnotism, that when we're listening to someone else and we are now changing our mind and becoming influenced, which ultimately just shows within us an absence of what it is that we are and understanding that to such a degree that we can refute something, not to argue against it, but to be able to understand that information and the difference of information to intelligence, and this is what I think has been lost in amongst all of us, is information's sole purpose to me is for the purpose of movement, to take action, for it to be expressed. We receive information in so many different ways from the most basics and a base level of language. But in much higher level forms, we experience a whole range of information that comes to us. Now, what makes that information intelligent is our ability to be able to recognise what part, to what degree, and in what way that information is relevant to me as an individual. Irrespective of the credentials of someone who's sharing it with me, the background, the studies I've done, anything at any particular level, I mean, it may give a little bit of credence to what's been said if that appeals to you. But to be able to find in ourselves to raise above academics and everything else we've been led to believe as an authority, we've denied our very own. We've become apathetic to trusting what we've been shown by others and our ability to be able to determine the difference between information and intelligence. And intelligence, as I say, again, information that is relevant to us. So, for example, if there was a diet, that worked for thousands of people, not to say that's going to work for me at all, but it might. But my ability to be able to determine that, my ability to be able to determine things that work for others may not be the things that work for me. My ability to be able to determine and let go of things that are perceivably or once were valuable to me so that I can move forward. And that's another problem that's existing these days is we look at health as well. And I suppose one of the things here that's really alerted me is that people are talking about health as if it's some destination we get to as if it's not a right that we have. It's a normal state of being. We've made health into something special because we've become so toxic in accumulating and holding on to so much of other people's information, so much of other people's ideas that we've lost our very own understanding of ourselves. And a lot of that, with all this information that's coming to us, we have lost the capacity to purge, to let go. And there's been some, you know, I will say, as a preface to all the information I'm sharing, this is what is true to me. It doesn't need to be true to anyone else. It's what's true to me. If it resonates with you, you know, that's great. But I'm not here in my life, I believe, to convince anyone of anything. I, I believe in my life that I am my number one student. And if I can focus on being authentic and understanding myself, I'll learn compassion. I'll learn understanding. I'll start to take away from the judgments of other people and I'll start to recognize myself in a much more humble and nurturing way where I can start to relate to others in a more effective way. And so for that, what it comes down to is if I understand myself, I can come to a point where I can start to let go of things because I understand what does and what does not benefit me. And I don't mean at a logical point of view, based upon a book that I read, I mean solely with the counsel of my own inner self. that's not something that we get pre packaged at the local store. That's something that we need to confront in our own self. And um, I think it's something that's significantly important. As I see a lot of, you know, it revolved, doesn't matter whether we look at media or, or not, we've been exposed to some pretty significant conspiracy theories. And they're interesting, you know, they're intriguing, they're curious. And it's all of this information that's out there. Some people find it very difficult to consider a conspiracy theory when the basis of it is sinister behaviour. And it's why a lot of us don't generally grow, because in the nature of confronting ourselves and growing and getting down to the core of what we are, we need to let go of those sinister things that we have taken on in life, the toxicness, toxicness, if that's a word, that, that we've taken on and it's become a part of our expression. I mean... We say things, we do things that we don't mean and we apologise for because we're not being present to ourselves. We've taken on so much. And when we can start to confront and look at ourselves in a very deep way and maintain our own attention, like anything we do, if we maintain our attention upon it, we find brilliance in it. But to be able to do that for ourselves, maintain our attention and then start to understand and release those things that we have taken on and recognise Those dark, those evil, those thoughts that we've accumulated within our own self, through our own misunderstanding, are not us. They are just what we have taken on at some point in our life, allows us to be set free and also allows us the humility to recognize the mistakes that other people make, that when people are expressing themselves, that to be able to discern the difference when they're releasing and letting go of something, compared to... When they're actually saying something deliberately with purpose because it is what they are and that's something that we're all critical and so many people under scrutiny for so i mean i can keep being this topic but it's one of the things that i think most interesting about what's going on is how many people are becoming righteous off the coattails of what other people have created by trying to pull them down and it's this is the type of behavior that i think we're in a, a bit of a revolution to let go of to stop blaming people to stop I think some people are under the unconscious illusion that there's someone else out there that's going to do my life for me, that's going to make my life better, that's going to protect me, that's going to do everything that's required. And this is why there's so much scrutiny of governments. I mean, people are expecting that a government is there for them. That, you know, and when it's not, they then get upset and angry and frustrated by it and then dob on their neighbour or pull their neighbour apart or want to fight their neighbour because they've got a different perspective or view or understanding. And there's so much that we, as people, are being called to look at within our own selves. And we're getting such a great opportunity to let go of all the junk. It's like a hard rubbish collection happening at the moment. Like we, we can just freely go and put all of our crap out the front and let it go rather than trying to navigate a time to get to the tip or when's it going to be the right time. It's just there's an opportunity at the moment to let go of a lot by coming to understand ourselves. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but... It's really, for me, it's always going to be about my personal governance. It's not what anyone's done to me, will do to me, could do to me. It's about me being in a place where I'm completely responsible for all that I am. Because what I mean by responsible is that I believe in myself that I can improve the current environment, the current relationship, and... That, to me, is most critical because if I don't believe that, I am then forced to take on someone else's beliefs. I'm forced then to become manipulated. I'm forced then to become influenced because I don't influence myself. And this is a really important point, which I believe the greatest disease that exists in our existence is a lack of self-belief. That would be my starting point. Mm and finishing point two for two, possibly,
0: and, and I think that's what I was, uh, it is what I was saying that before, you know, with what's going on, I, I feel very grounded. But at the same time, I spoke this morning on a live chat. And there are so many people out of work. One of the industries that I've worked in and, and spent a lot of time in is the hospitality industry. And for decades, worked in that wonderful industry of providing delicious food to people that were celebrating a special occasion. It could have been a date, an anniversary, a birthday party, a work do, whatever it may be. A person by themselves out of town coming to have a delicious meal by themselves and have some time for themselves to reflect on where they are in their life. And so many of my brothers and sisters are in a state of bewilderment but even more so they're in a state of uncertainty at the moment and just before this podcast i was speaking to my neighbor and he was telling me this story about how he has just had their first grandchild six weeks ago and he hasn't been able to see that grandchild because of these imposed social distancing laws that are in place to the point where finally they got to see their grandson because it was it was tearing them apart emotionally and spiritually i would say and Mm. you mentioned it before about conspiracy theories and i've watched everything that's out there at the moment pretty much because for some reason people like to send me that (laughs) and i watch it with an open mind and i do not believe everything that is put in front of me like whether it's mainstream news or conspiracy theorists or left or right or whatever it may be, or people talk about the Palladians, whatever it may be, or Starseed. I have a very interesting, <laughs> I guess, uh, library, so to speak, of different things that I have been sent and also that I study. Yeah. Now I would just like for you to explain, because somebody that keeps popping up lately is someone called Bill Gates. And there is one part of the world that is saying that the intentions are not pure. But then there's the other side, and I'm I'm sure there's people that are in between that, and they're saying that his actions are pure. And even that, because you can look at both sides and go, well, yeah, that would seem right, that what they're doing on, on that side seems to be benefiting so many people. But in this side, if you look at that perspective, it's like, hmm, well, that doesn't really add up. So how do you use discernment? And we'll use Bill as an example. And if you don't want to talk about Bill, we don't have to, but I'm just using that as an example, because he seems to be a very
1: polarizing
0: person at the moment and in the past. And how do you navigate that? And is it up to us to navigate that?
1: Mm, that's a really, and there's there's a lot of layers to this, and I, I'd say this beforehand. It's, I'd expect what I'm going to say will trigger some people, but I hope it does. I hope it does cause them to look at things in a different way and maybe not allow their emotions to be the determination of what's true, because within each of us, we're meant to be free. We have the opportunity and the possibility to be free, but we are dictated by what someone says, the look of someone, or something they said once upon a time that causes us to go into a state of defense, a state where we don't allow, like what you're saying when you're looking at all these conspiracy theories, to be able to have all information come to us and allow it to come through us because we believe in our own capacity to be able to discern it. Now, you can look at it there's a couple of different answers I could go down here, but one of them is Bill Gates. You know, he doesn't appeal to me, but what he has given me an example of is that he through whatever story that anyone would like to undo, he has created and is following what he believes to be true. I would say that he suggests the very nature of what he does is of its highest accord. I'm sure that he's aware that some people don't agree with it and don't like it. There's things that I do which I believe delivers people freedom from all sorts of illness and disease to liberation of the mind in business, but there's people that don't like it at all. There's people that detest it. The very nature is as soon as we start looking to try and have someone that we agree with, we start to fall down in our, our very own lives. I would look at Bill Gates. He's an amazing example of what people could do if they wanted to, if they believed deeply inside themselves enough in what they were choosing to do. I would suggest that Bill Gates has made some decisions and a lot of the triggering and a lot of the anger that's set before him, similar to Donald Trump highlights the fact of someone who has become independent and individual and who wields a level of power because they've cultivated that within themselves. Now, whether that's through a network of people that they know, they are demonstrating something and highlighting in others what they don't currently possess, what they don't currently explore or understand. I'm not saying by any means I agree with it. I'm suggesting as an individual, you have a capacity to go beyond the influence of others. It's... To start to look at the conditions, just one sec to say, well, wait, I'm being influenced by Bill Gates. I can say that I don't like him. I can say that he's a horrible person and, and everything else that, you know, vile and terrible things that can come out of me in expressing my distaste towards him. Or I could be the barracking for him. The thing is, when we get caught up in those conditions where we're influenced by someone else and we keep fighting the conditions, we're just in a loop, circulating. But if we can recognise but by the very habit that someone else has control over me is just to suggest that I don't know how to express myself in this moment. And that requires a level of responsibility. That requires when anyone gets past their own reaction to what they think and feel emotionally about the situation, they will get down to a point. And if they provide attention to it long enough, they will have appreciation for that man. They'll have love for that man, but doesn't mean they agree with him because that very love is the same love that they're not able to reconcile within themselves. And people won't want to accept it, they'll fight that to their death. But the very nature of what people will do to avoid themselves is this distraction and these conversations that we have. I mean, there's some amazing conspiracy theories. There's some, some that I look at and you know, they don't resonate with me, but what I recognize is it's entertainment for me. My truth comes from within me and I believe we all have that capacity. It's when we become robbed, Of our own attention in giving it into something that we believe we don't have control over, that we have to fight against. It's when we become in opposition to something. I mean, I think what's interesting as well with Bill Gates is he came out, you know, three or four weeks ago or whenever it was and all some momentum and opposition built against him. It's interesting how that subsided, how he hasn't been there because the opposition that was created was significant. Hundreds of thousands of comments on his page are here and You know, there was an opposition, there was a movement, something for people to fight against. And it's interesting how now that has been drawn back because maybe it created too much of an opposition. I believe there's chess playing going on on each side of the table and the whole thing is do you want to be a part of that or do you want to look at the example that's been created and start to define what you want to sit inside yourself and ask, well, what does this all mean to me? What example is it giving me and what would I like to do? I can sit here on the sidelines and be ignorantly influenced and i can do as much research as i like but i'm going to be determined to find the the research that suits me as open-minded as i want to be experts on either side of the coin here can't agree let alone someone on the outside who might be a brilliant researcher who might have access to some amazing information but again it's opinion that is based upon an observation from someone else our independence comes from within us it doesn't come from what someone else may tell us. It might be a stimulation towards that. But all of these conspiracy theories is just suggesting that people don't know what's going on. And it's not for them to know what's going on because the nature, of very nature of what I would suggest in I teach in freedom is to start from a point of I don't know. And that is where people start to find a complete release in life, especially as an adult. It's really like a great challenge to get a group of adults together and just to, to ask them to try and admit that they don't know something. Because as an adult, we know everything. We stop asking questions. We know all the answers. We're there for our kids to tell them everything we know. We rarely actually allow ourselves to be humbled to our own learning, which starts so brilliantly in example of children to say, I don't know. And that's when the mind becomes open, to not refer to the past, but to cultivate something within us that allows us to be completely present in the moment by developing, discernment and a capacity to be able to speak with ourselves in each and every moment under the greatest amount of pressure, not just when life is like Zen, not just when we are in a meditative state or near the creek or above the mountain or whatever it may be. We live our lives in very many transient and highly intensive ways. We need to be able to ready ourselves for whatever it is that's coming towards us rather than the nature of this particular existence at the moment for many of us, jumping from pain to relief and from pain to relief, waiting until a crisis comes, you know, the terrible things that the cabal's doing and everything else, and it's and adrenochrome and all of these other things that are there, it's pedophiles, you know, it's hard to take in. I don't refute it in any way and I don't doubt it. But the thing is, for me as an individual, there's all of that information that's coming in. I need to be able to sustain and maintain my own foundation within that in order to be able to make decisions to move forward. Because you mentioned earlier about confusion and it's, confusion is a great thing. If we embrace it, confusion is just where I've got so many more options available to me than I'm prepared to make a decision on at this point. And if I can see, confusion is a very abundance that people are looking for, the options that they're seeking. The only thing again from discernment leads to making decisions. And all of this, which some learned doctors are talking about, it's about the letting go. Our ability to be able to take things on is restricted by our inability to let things go. When we become overwhelmed, when we become full of crap and we need to detox, we need to release, we need to let go. We can do that in so many ways, but we are so busy becoming intelligent to tell other people all the things that we know that we become so clogged up that we've forgotten what it is that we're here for, except to fight against what we don't like, which I don't believe is in existence.
0: Mm, I love it. I was playing chess with my daughter a couple of nights ago and I've seen that terminology being used lately that, you know, there's a big chess game, as you mentioned, being played out by some people say the light and the dark or this yep. side, of side and that side. And what I love about chess, and it was a game that I was taught from a very young age and something that I encourage my daughters to do at primary school, actually. I, we, I rolled them in the chess club in kindergarten, I think it was, and playing my daughter the other night. What I loved about it is that I have no idea what move she's about to play and I anticipate the 50 moves or however many moves she might play, which then keeps me in the state of... Again, sort of bewilderment and anticipation and excitement, and in the moment, as is okay. Well, if she does that, then I'll do this. If I do that, then she'll do that. And I love the idea of these games being played out on a larger scale to a degree because it's it is entertainment. And this could be my perception, and it feels like, and this is I might not be making any sense here, but if we were to say there is a light and dark, or one side against the other, it feels like a move is played and then it is countered and then there's another move and it, it feels like it's, and pardon this basic analogy or, or basic definition, but it feels like it's imbalance, if that makes any sense. And, yeah. And, you know, I feel like I've got the popcorn and I'm watching it going, oh, fuck, they just made that move oh, but that that's just backfired into their face. And I could be talking about either side here if, if we want to even create sides or just my perception is like, whoa, this is crazy. This is the best mm-hmm. entertainment I've seen, even though, but at the same time, there's part of me going, but people have lost their jobs. I'm personally about out of work of certain things as well. And, and part of me is like, mm, what's going to happen? In three months' time, six months' time, and it's again, it just that sort of brings up a state of uncertainty, and the fear arises, and it's like, hmm, well, if they keep playing that move out, maybe there is a future. But if these guys keep playing that move out without balance, then fuck, we could be going down some dark, dark times that are even darker than this. Yeah. So, how do you stay grounded in that? Because you would have to say there's implications. For these games, potentially that are being played out, if we want to call them a game,
1: yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just like everyone else. I get frustrated when I things that are designed that I think inefficient. I look at them and go, oh, or, you know, you talking about hospitality before. I think we've all had it where it's bad service, so just the, the most basic things, and the lack of presence that I suppose is applied to um, certain aspects of life can really um, the smallest things can trigger us, but. For me, it's realizing those things are most likely going to happen in some form or in some way. And those games are being played out all the time. And I've got an option to stay on that channel or I've got an option to not. And, you know, it's like once upon a time stopping listening to mainstream news that things would be different. And it's not, there is no difference. It's just I find satisfaction in many different things. It's, For me, I mean, I go to the beach each day. I try to keep it really simple. I have a a process that I go through energetically, and a large basis of that is, is purging. I think there's a real, the nature of this world and the way it's been created, universities and schooling and the prescriptive nature of it, is we're not taught to understand ourselves first. What we're taught to do is understand someone else's information perspective, that you know, maybe very capable and very very brilliant, but we're not teaching people how to actually come up with original thoughts, original ideas or concepts. It's about the perpetuation of a system that exists. And that just happens to be the way that it is. For me, though, rather than complaining about that, rather than, you know, wanting to create a movement to change it, is I change that within my own self. And then I start to have a different experience of what's going on around me. So I spend a lot of time with myself, And the interesting thing is that life gets better the more I do that. But I'm still precarious in thinking. Well, I've got to put more time into my work. I've got to put more time into clients, into family, and everything else. It's a balancing act trying to prioritise yourself. I mean, there's that great quote that is, "You know, you should meditate for 20 minutes every day, and if you can't, you need to meditate for an hour." You know, to me, that says a lot for our own self to be able to put ourselves first, to be able to identify what it is that we want in our own life and to have the courage to be able to go through and say yes and no to a range of things along the way till we decide that is what we want to do. And we commit ourselves to it. We can find ourselves easily caught up in someone else's life. People are looking for stimulation in such that the amount of people that become celebrities these days, you know, online, I mean, the nature of looking up to movie stars and, and all of these types of things, there's an aspiration there but at the same time I think what's so important is to come to understand not who we are but what we are what are we besides the existence of anyone else because when we can start to get down to that level and that fabric these things that are suggested like vaccines uh, 5g and, and all the rest of it they have no significant impact upon us it's a suggestion and like anything in life I think you said before about being at ease with you know all this stuff's going on, but you know, you're quite grounded or you're dealing, we're moving through it, that life is going to be full of adversity. It's going to have challenges. It's going to have difficulties. But my ability to be able to maintain my own presence to myself and navigate myself through those moments is what's going to determine my freedom. And things like what have been suggested, if some of the things like vaccinations, for example, I don't believe in them for a couple of reasons because, one, I don't believe they're safe. I don't disagree with the nature of it at a base level. I just, the way it's been utilised, I think, in my perspective, is incorrect. But I also believe that we have the capacity within us to overcome any disease and condition because it's about mastering what we are, not who we are. And for some of us, we're not prepared to ask those questions. I would say that pharmaceuticals are essential. Because there's people who don't want to take responsibility for their life to discover a way that works for them. What they're prepared to do is take a general prescription of what works generally for many people, and it's there and it exists because people require it. If there wasn't the opposition to it and people weren't fighting against it and trying to educate others, they could elevate themselves and create a better example so people might take more notice of that and become a by that. Rather than telling people what they're doing is wrong, there's toxic foods and all that in someone's eyes might be someone else's pleasure and that may be what they want. You know, who are we to say what is right in that area? The nature of food has become its own religion as such where it polarises people from veganism to... uh, It's kind of... It's interesting, but it just, to me, highlights our own individual ability to be able to find truth in our own selves and believe in our own brilliance it's far better and far easier to do that with others
0: Mm. i think it was about a year ago you mentioned when we first got in contact about 5g and you mentioned it there before and i don't have the answer to it and it's funny i just got a delivery today actually of of a home device that (laughs) potentially can help mitigate it and I bought that because I have a, I wouldn't say I have a state of fear around 5G, but I'm like, you know what, maybe it's better to be safe than sorry. And maybe this device that I've ordered could help mitigate it. And perhaps even the biology of my belief around that or my belief system to know that I've got that in my home, even if it's a placebo effect, could put me into a state of more calmness and the potential of not worrying about the 5G. But even saying it now, it just seems like I am in a little bit of a state of fear. And yeah, you know, I'm looking out at the power lines across from me and from some of my understanding. Uh, and I had a pretty interesting episode mm-hmm. in my life where I had a story relate to me about uh, someone I cared for very deeply. And part of the diagnosis which took their life was cancer. And mm. what someone realized and put together was that they were sleeping near a um, electrical PowerPoint, like not PowerPoint, but the uh, junction box or whatever you call it on their house for a certain amount of time. Now, whether that's true or not, whether that just creates a fear in me to go, watch out, (laughs) make sure you don't sleep near any big sort of electrical power points or junction boxes in your house or Wi-Fi routers. But and I've been contacted, I can't tell you how many times I've been contacted over the last year about 5G, but let's just put it in the thousands. Pete, can you help us? Pete, can you help us? I'm like, well, I don't know what the answer is to this, you know, because we've heard of Twenty years ago it was Y2K was gonna destroy the world and or whatever it was, or that virus was gonna destroy the world, and then it it flows through and it doesn't.
1: Mm.
0: So I've spent some money, I've got the device here for 5G. Like, well, you know, sometimes what is it? It's like I'm sort of the jury's out to a degree, but I'm yeah. still on the side of caution. <laughs> if that's it, it's it's like why I take fluoride out of the water for our family. It's like, hmm. Some people think it's good. Some people think it's bad. I'm going to go for potentially it's bad.
1: <laughs> I, know, I feel safer in that in that decision. For sure. And, I mean, like it's, uh, to me, I think all these things are great that they're coming because it, it really stimulates some more significant conversations. I could say 10, 12 years ago I'd be talking about our ability to get frequency and bring it to our own hands and, and do such things like, with sports performance by bringing things like a frequency of sodium phosphate and don't quite but electrolytes to our own system and with professional athletes and allowing them to through methods of gate theory to be able to absorb a frequency that they can create themselves from the ether around them and interact with it and change the very dynamics of their own being, going beyond the concept of that I have a belief and I can clear a belief and I can change things. We manifest in our life our unconsciousness. And if we've been told in some way but we're unable to refute it and we don't have self-belief but we have a belief that says that we can get cancer from this and we can get this from that, no matter how many books we've read, if it is at a causal level within us, at our own energetic structure, doesn't matter how many books we read, how well educated we may be that that doesn't and is not the case, if we are still holding that belief within us, we will become susceptible to it because it is in service to that belief. We have it there to provide a service to us. And that service may be for some people in getting cancer, which brings a great awakening and an opportunity to stop and change and reflect and do things differently in their own life. For some people, that's a lot to consider. But the very nature of what cancer brings to us is the opportunity to reconcile our lives, like like very much what's happening now, to question our beliefs. Does what I'm doing work for me? Does it elevate me? Does it give me all that I want in my life? Or not. You know, the interesting thing with cancer at times is people receive a level of love and attention that they've never received in their life. And they humble themselves into that particular space. And some people make changes in their life that become significant and are never affected by the condition again where others become influenced and they become seduced by what it is that they start to experience through that condition and they don't want to let it go because the very nature of what we want at the basis is is love and appreciation for who and what we are. And for some of us, sadly, we haven't ever had that until we confront disease or we confront crisis in our own life. And it's a thing that we've really been taught and resilience is a word that sort of comes up a bit now, but we're not taught to embrace the darkness in our own life because the thing is if we do and we go and confront that, we then choose how we want to change our life. Most of us are waiting for the darkness to befall us and then start fighting against it with only one or two choices left because all the doors have been closed as we've been sitting back and waiting for this wave of darkness to come upon us. Look, 5G, for example, in in my experience, I don't know what it does. I don't know the science behind it and and I won't look into it. I will go again into my own self and I will trust that to the degree of my own truth and I'll also learn how to activate and elevate my body so that I'm not affected by it. It doesn't matter what exists outside of us, nothing has dominion over us and that's what I believe and that's what I live by and it keeps me in a habit and a space of freedom and it does require initially a lot of letting go, a lot of releasing and a lot of humility to start to actually be able to see your own brilliance. It's all very easy for all of us to talk about the things that are bad in our life that are challenging. But, you know, it's one of those things to confront and even for people to do in their own houses, to sit with their family and talk about the things that they're brilliant at openly, without feedback, Just see how challenging that is. And then start to consider what impact it, on my life, how I can easily talk about the pain I've got, the problem I've got but I'm unable to articulate my own brilliance to the people around me that love me, that want to support me the most. I'm concerned how I'll be received, so therefore I then don't communicate in a way that I like, so I then take on all this repression and resentment and I become sick and then I get told it's a condition that we've never seen before. We don't know what it is. We'll just have to keep monitoring and watching it because it's got nothing to do with a biological response. It's to do with what's going on internally and it's about our own personal choice to learn from that or not. And if we don't, again, that's our choice. And we'll have to be told by others what it is that's going on within us. We've all got the capacity to feel. It's whether we choose to explore that. I mean, some of us feel the hair on our neck and it's enforced. others feel and we start to develop that intuition more and more as we go through life. And intuition is nothing more than, as the word says, it's to learn from yourself, to become the focus of your own attention. I look at sometimes and fear has been thrown around a lot these days, but when people really consider what fear is, it's, it's the certainty and the absolute certainty of my doubts, which is just a loop. I'm so certain of the things I don't know, that I've never experienced, that are unknown in my life, that will happen. I'm so certain of what I don't know. What if we were so certain of what we did know? What if we were so prepared to back ourselves to be an example and be brilliant? And To me, we're confronted these days by a very temporary solution to life. You know, 5G's here, well, it hasn't just arrived. Cancer's a problem, vaccines are an issue, Well, they've been around for years. These things have not just occurred. Someone didn't just die from COVID-19 or whatever, it's been identified. These things are not a surprise. That person's been living for a certain amount of years and has got to a particular point, and as hard as it may be to see, This is the sum total of those decisions. When we start to choose to become responsible for our own decisions, well, then we stop relying upon and living under the illusion that people are living for us. we start to take accountability for ourselves, and in doing so, we can start to provide an environment where people can start to explore their truth, their brilliance, without me needing to say whether it's right or wrong, because I'm so good as an individual at helping that person out and making sure their life's all right because I'm not prepared to look at my own. And this is sometimes we look at psychics who are so possibly brilliant at, at identifying things in other people's lives. But why can't they do it in their own? And, and it's because the focus has become upon providing and serving everyone else in an imbalanced way except for myself. And it's the same with a lot of healers. You know, there's a lot of sick healers out there. And the very nature of this is to learn that we've got to understand ourselves as our first priority before we start going and learning other people's information. And we've got our own journey to do that. There's a saying that goes, you know, we spend the first 50 years of our life creating our ego and the next 50 years undoing the ego. But it doesn't need to be that way. We don't need to wait until pain before we do something. And I've, I've heard doctors say this before, that, that illness is an opportunity for growth. To me, that's one of the stupidest things I understand what's being said. It's one of the stupidest things that are being said. It's it's suggesting that we need that it's an opportunity for growth. But it is not the reason for growth. And when we start to stimulate ourselves by pain, we start to need pain in order to grow. Why don't we grow from when things are at their peak, when everything couldn't be better, when we make a choice at that particular point to let go of what's most valuable that we've just created in our life? Because we don't. We wait until it's safe, it's secure, and we wait until there's pain in a familiar place before we can move out of it. And we wait for things to deteriorate before we let them go. And this to me is, is part of what we're getting back to is all these conditions that are created. We need to look at the habits that we have in our life. If we don't like 5G, if we don't like some of the changes the government's making, well, we need to make a change within our own self. And we need to get ourselves into a position where we can experience our own choice and freedom to be beyond that, past that. Because I can tell you, there's more more and more opportunities to do so, and they're not hard to find. But the other option is to continue to keep complaining about what other people are not doing for us. And I haven't found that to be a solution.
0: Mate, I love, I just gotta tell you, I love you. And uh... <laughs> Can you be my teacher? Can we go back 40 years when I was a kid and (laughs) and sit me down and just say, hey, this is where it's at? And uh, it's inside you. But I do have a question for you because I hear what you're saying and I understand it. I respect it. I love it. I take full responsibility. How does common unity come into play or community? Mm. because the things that you're talking about can affect the community or the population. So how does one, when you're talking about empowering yourself and looking after yourself, where does community fit in with that or a population fit in with that when everyone is at what I might perceive as a different level on their own personal journey and i'm not judging anyone that's more enlightened than somebody else because that is passing judgment but just we're all different so do we need to have a common unity and if so how do we develop that and is it our purpose
1: mm. it's a very romantic concept isn't it community and the coming together is you know the great awakening the great arising. That's talked about at times, and as you've mentioned, some of the different times through life that you know things are going to shift and things are going to change. But they, they always are. It just depends upon when we are ready to do that. I don't believe there's any windows of time that are available or better moments. There's things that may be more supportive, but we always have the opportunity to do and be what we want at any particular moment. So I like to push the boundaries a bit, and we went on with a group of twelve people. And initially, and the concept was about getting 12 people together to form one awareness. Now, what that meant is that people needed to leave behind their identity, their ideals, their thoughts, but to become into a space of absolute connection with their own truth to be able to focus upon the common thing that we were doing. So what that required someone to do is to become into complete alignment with themselves. Now, I would suggest not just coming into alignment with themselves, but be able to maintain that and then be able to maintain that in the presence of others. I would suggest that it's very rare that anyone ever does that, no matter how enlightened or focused they might be on their own attention. The very nature of it depends upon what you are here for, because for us to all come together as one, the misconception of community is that we're the same. But that makes the whole thing obsolete. And then when in communities you have fights, you have disagreements, you have perspectives and opposition, which can cause growth, but there needs to be certain protocols in place to elevate and take action and move forward. Otherwise you have a lot of conversations. But the true nature of community, like what we were trying to create in my eyes, is like imagine a Coke bottle or any bottle smashed on the ground into 12 pieces They're different and individual, but they all come together to form one. The misconception about communities these days is people that have not enabled themselves to understand what they're doing is true to them and to be able to contribute from a place of independence, not from a place of dependence, which is where communities fail, which is where communities support the lowest common denominator, where we are perceived as looking at people as weak, so we make... Well, I mean, I listened to one of your podcasts and at the end, the common thing that this is not our advice, we don't agree, it's don't take this as advice, you know, it suggests that people are unable to make their own decisions. And we've been subtly, you know, with all these disclaimers in life, we've been asked and forced to put them in place when we start to challenge things because we perceive that people are not capable of making their own decisions or being responsible for themselves, so we create a community around that. And we start to believe because of that incapacity, people start to believe that as well and they start complaining about people not providing for them. And, you know, when, when they don't even know what they want, they complain about what other people are not giving to them. And it's always one of those interesting things where someone's wanting to help someone else out in their own life, but they don't, that person doesn't even know what they want. But it's like a moving target. So this thing with community, it's a big, big thing at the moment because there's lots of people wanting to rally and come together. But the truth in all of this is that an individual cannot be manipulated and compromised when they're independent and true to themselves. And when they become truly independent, they can accept and love others in doing the same. And that's where community comes without trying to actually form and force a community. A community by force, because we have to oppress or stop that thing, that monster over there, that'll break down because the purpose of it, and it's the same habits that go through life that, you know, when someone's overweight and they feel the pain of it, I just want to, you know, I've got to lose this weight. As soon, they then take on all these great habits, great methods, great diets or whatever it is, and they, they learn from stuff. They feel great and they start to feel good and people start to acknowledge, well, you're looking great, John. You're really doing well. And, and that person starts to feel that, believe that, and they start to slow down on the very thing that took them away from where they were because they want to escape where they are because they don't appreciate where they are. And what happens once they get out of that place, they stop and go back to the beginning again. And it's the same thing with a community, is that they exist in reaction to the thing that they dislike. That basis for any community is never going to last. The very nature of a community and the focus of a community should be, like all education, to create independence. I mean, we this is a big focus of ours. We don't, I don't want to build a community. I celebrate the fact that people working with us for one year and you're gone, you're off, go and find your life. Building a community and followers, and, and you know, it's giving teaching, a, a, you know, not the greatest of names in my eyes, because it disenables and it weakens people to a degree, unless the promotion is about independence, unless it's about understanding, accepting difference in others, unless it's about recognizing that judgment is essential, but it's the ability to move through judgment that causes us to grow. The very nature of without equipping them with understanding, but bringing together a community and expecting that to work. I'm sure any people that, that, you know, running restaurants uh, and and, and other things along those lines, people and staff and the coordination of it is one of the most difficult things to achieve. That's one of the things when we look at community or community, it's great to have perspectives and ideas, but as long as we're not doing it to fulfil an agenda, as long as we're focused upon the common outcome, as long as we have an understanding upon that rather than the perpetuation of my own ideas that I'm unfulfilled within my own self that need to be heard and seen and convinced within this group. You can then start to create something that's significant if you have that independence, if you have that understanding within yourself. And I suggest that before we do any schooling, before we do any learning, it's imperative of of a parent to teach a child to make their own choices and to make choices beyond themselves. To me, we have such a capacity in our children that we don't acknowledge and those kids they're there to teach us to listen to hold space to learn and they are there to learn from us as well and from that we need to be a good example and again that's the first part of community is being able to create independence in the people around you, in the family in the ones that you love the most Rather than trying to go out because I don't have a level of authority in my own life, I'm going to create a community I'm going to control. We need to be able to, to me, I suppose I've made the point, It's community is extremely powerful. I don't believe it's meant to last forever. But at the same time, it must, for its success, it must cultivate independence. It must cultivate difference. It must cultivate growth because without it, the community won't be much of a community.
0: Mm, I love it. Our youngest daughter, her name is Indy, and I called her that because it's uh, short for independent <laughs> And because uh, and, her older sister, his name is Chili, and I was like, ooh, she's going to be a fiery one, so the second daughter is going to have to be uh, stand up on her own two feet, you know, with a fiery uh, bigger sister. And it's fascinating because witnessing her evolution, and she's 13 now, and for many years she after the separation of her mother and and my, and me, I should say, she became a sort of a, a people pleaser where she wanted to please mom and me to the point where she was like, I don't care. I'll do whatever. I don't want to create waves. Yeah. And When I recognized that and I saw that I was like, Oh fuck you know, And over the years it's been like without instilling in her, but encouraging her and giving her the freedom to, Create her own decisions of what she would like to do at any possible time, you know, and encourage that free will, that free thinking, that mm-hmm. independent spirit. Because I could see, and my perception was that she closed off from being that independent person where she didn't want to upset anybody in her family. And she was the daughter I was playing chess with the other night and Ooh. what a wonderful experience for her to be able to independently make her moves <laughs> to try to beat her dad and uh, in a friendly game. And she actually beat me at playing pool two nights ago. And you know, I just encouraged her so much. I said, wow, you know, this is amazing. You know, yeah. there's something small like that, but she played all her shots. She created all her, of her own decisions in that game. And I use playing pool as a metaphor for the game of life because yep. you have you have to work out which angle you're going to hit it at and mm. what the next step is going to be again, going back to the game of chess. So I love mm-hmm. that. I love what you've shared with us there. And I would love to explore with you, why do you think, I mean, I'm going to use myself as an example here and perhaps you've encountered this before, but I seem to be throughout the years to be someone that has i don't want to say target but let's just say i mean even this weekend i was across every major newspaper and news outlet in the country for whatever reason you know and it's 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 nothing new every three months every six months every year there seems to be another sensational headline about pete evans and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about myself as that you know remove myself from it and i find it fascinating because i know who i am Well, I believe I know who I am. I mean, I'm still discovering that. Yet, and I'm going back to what you were saying about Bill Gates before, and is there a perception out there from people that would identify or look at me in judgment to say, get back into your box? Because that seems to be the thing that most people say to me is, you're a chef, get back into your box, stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. That's all you're good at. So why is that so triggering, do you believe, for so many people? Is it, some people would say it might be my looks, but, uh, you know, is it because I don't shy away or is it the energetic expression that I have? I mean, you must have a judgment or a perception on this and perhaps you've had it yourself in the field that you work in as well. Why is it that some people like myself violently opposed and ridiculed, lies created, blah, blah, blah?
1: I've had this a lot, and um, myself, especially with friends and people close to me around, you know, things like cancer, and it's been interesting. The people closest to you are always going to be the ones that are most judgmental of you because of it's the leaving and behind. I know, and mean, yes, I love smoking cigarettes, and but when I wanted to stop, people, you know, it was offensive to friends that, what do you mean you stop? You know, like this is what we do together. People. Want to celebrate someone they don't know's inspiration and growth, but they want to stay the same with those around them. And I would suggest, you know, like one of the biggest things that comes in exposure, and everyone wants to expose themselves, and I would say to be loved, to be appreciated, to be recognized for what they are, to be understood. I think it is so, it doesn't matter who you are, that's it's what we want. And the very nature of that, and part of being understood is exposing ourselves and that capacity to expose ourselves comes equally with judgment. We cannot expose ourselves without being judged. People are going to do it. It's impossible and it's imbalanced perfectly when it occurs. And when you start to recognize that, you stop worrying about the people doing it, but you recognize because you're now prepared to expose yourself more, you're going to be judged by more. It's a balance and you embrace that rather than get caught up in, why are people like that? Because that's the way that they are. That's them going through part of their journey that happened to be a journalist at that time. doesn't mean that's what they're going to be forever. But at that particular moment, yeah, it can be hurtful. It can be confronting. And and I know i experienced that a lot. I mean, I've lost a lot of friends and people I knew along the way because of what I did and and because at times they got too exposed that they thought in front of me, which I thought was amazing. And they retreated and, and tried to discredit me and my character because of what they were fearful that I was going to expose about them. The very nature of other people is when you expose yourself, you're highlighting to someone else what they're not enabling themselves to do. They're where they're not allowing themselves to be free. And there's many ways that this is said, but what uh, doesn't evolve in our life or what we don't evolve in our life revolves and it continues to keep returning. So these particular things that keep coming in and triggering us or bringing attention or even taking our attention, they don't need to be painful, but they're just suggesting, and this is what I look at the basis of a lot of teaching is that everything starts from chaos. There's no way of changing that. And chaos is just a current level of disorganization. Everything starts from chaos. The first thing to be able to transcend and move forward through chaos, which is the nature of life, is movement, is to, to move forward and express ourselves. Now, From chaos, the next stage for me to move into is ease. So I need to look at my life and look and go, well, geez, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm uneasy. I'm in a state of dis-ease. And if I maintain it, I'll become sick until it gets my attention, until I do something about it. But if I can learn to come to a state of ease with the environment around me and express myself in that environment, it then becomes a benefit to me and it no longer becomes an experience in my life. These things are coming to us to bring us to our own awareness of growth. For some people, we don't want to do that. For some people, we want to just confirm where we're already at. So when you come in and you shake the tree a little bit and you have to cause people to consider what they think or perceive or believe is wrong, well great. I know it's easy for me to say, but it's it's about celebrating it. It's about recognizing the opportunity that people go through when they're confronted with the truth is they violently oppose it and they eventually get to a point where they accept it as being obvious. And that, I wouldn't say, necessarily needs to be your agenda or whatever, but what I'm saying is that just by being ourselves, just by doing what's right for us, and that's the way I look at what I do and teach, I don't, I don't want to go in and find out what's wrong with an individual. Why have they got this problem and I can fix that for you. I mean, to me, that it disempowers people to a degree. I always look at want to give people the capacity to be able to discern and learn for themselves and, and teach them everything so that they can become independent. And I think that's a lot of what I see in what you do is the same thing. It's uh, I, I do notice at times where people get, I've seen a, a couple of posts where people got triggered because they wanted to know what you thought. And some people even believe that you supported something that you didn't by just posting it. And I think it's, it's a great thing. I remember a teacher of mine saying to me, if you're not pissing off at least half of the people, you're not living your life. And you know, that was something that, that stuck with me. I haven't aimed to piss people off, but I haven't been as concerned or as affected by it when it does happen. But, yeah, I, I think a lot of all of this comes down to it as well, which I think is a very important practice in in our own homes, is to be able to speak openly and authentically and to be able to speak without being responsible for how it's received because that's, you know, the very disintegration of love in our lives is that we don't allow people to see ourselves because we're so fearful of how they might receive us and if we can start to practice especially in our own homes to talk openly and listen to the other person and say the things that are most confronting and release them and let them go we can start to find a level of love and, and a deeper level of relationship that we've ever had before i mean it's we do something called the connection and it blows my mind each time when you see i don't know if any of you've been a part of a men's group or women's groups or circles and authenticity, it's an extremely powerful thing when it's done right. It's an extremely significant waste of time when it's not done right. But I imagine it serves people in different ways. But to be able to express ourselves is the very nature of our own being. The freedom we have to do that determines the freedom we have in our own self. And to me, I look at it in a different way where I don't look at my son as, you know, that seven-year-old boy that, that needs my help. I believe that he can do and choose to do and be responsible for what he does, but I'm there to nurture him and when he asks for help, I'm there. But it's my opportunity this particular time to love him in the extent that allow him to explore himself, to allow him and provide an environment for him to come up against things that challenge him, pains, and allow him to work through it without jumping in and trying to fix it for him. Again, for me, it's about creating independence and inspiration by people exploring and exposing themselves. So I'd be celebrating as many times as that happens. I think that maybe if the, the question is around, there are some people who get that and then turn around, but it also gives people an opportunity to go, is this really what I want to be doing? Because it's I think we get asked that question of ourselves many times in life that whenever we start to head in a direction, whenever we start to focus on one thing that's important to us, we get challenged significantly. We... Have all parts of our life come to question the very nature of it? And, and this is one of the biggest. I hear this a lot in teaching circles. That you know, if it's not right and there's all these problems, well, it's it's, it's not meant for you. To me, I, I don't think it could be any further from the truth. The very nature of when we are moving towards something that is our truth, that is engaging in our life, we're going to be challenged most to get fit for that purpose, to be able to elevate and raise ourselves up in a greater state of awareness and activation. I mean. For fuck's sake, we can only see 0.000, as science will tell us, 0.0035% of light. So that's, in my own calculation, I've done this before, is about 2,800 times of that amount just to get to 1%. 2,800 times. Now, we can see basically nothing, but yet we presume to know everything. We presume to have opinions that limit us, that restrict us, based upon... All this that we don't know, we need to start from a point of not knowing, but that's where to me the freedom exists. To know that when you start to speak your truth and the impact that you want to have in your life, you're going to have people that are going to oppose you. And if you want to become successful and you want to be free, and you better get good at receiving judgment. And that's something that I'm still learning and it's a big thing. It's a big thing. I think that the bigger your message and the, the more important your message is to get out there, the greater the confrontation of that judgment will come in order to shape you, to bring resilience to you, to enable you to stand there and maintain yourself.
0: Through mm. That. Mm, I love it. And that's when I was having a chat this morning on, on Facebook Live that's was one of the questions. I said, "How do you deal with it?" I said, "Well, oh, I have a nice cup of tea in the morning, and that seems to ground me. <laughs> and yeah. it's It's a pretty simple thing. you know, my wife introduced me to uh, that practice of pouring yeah. a cup of tea, and you know, the the Zen monks would say, and apologies if I get this wrong, but before enlightenment, chop the wood and fetch the water and after enlightenment, chop the wood and fetch the water. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not here to tell anybody that I'm enlightened, but it's like, well, what do we do? We mm-hmm. start whatever the practice may be for you, whether it is going for a surf or doing some exercise or lighting a candle in the morning or some incense or having a bowl of tea or meditation or calling your loved ones or whatever it may be, making love, you know? it's different for everyone and, and it's the bizarrest thing. And I'm going to talk about myself again, but we're going to keep being you, you know, you seem to be a voice for a lot of us that can't reach a lot of people. I'm like, well, I'm actually, that isn't even my intention. My intention is just to express myself. And for some reason, I've ended up in this really strange place of, as you said earlier, sort of having a profile through yeah. one thing. And I'm like, and I look back and I go, huh. Oh, it makes a bit of sense, sort of joining the dots of how I've gotten to here. And all of this has been for my personal journey of growth because, as you said, and this is what happens so many times, like when we put out the PaleoAway program many, many, many years ago, The biggest challenge that most people found was from their loved ones, whether it be their husband or their wife or their children or their parents or their girlfriends or boyfriends or closest knit people to them. They were challenged by everybody or not everybody, but so many people when they just wanted to stop eating one food group, right? And they're like, oh, that's never going to work. You're too weak to do that. And I said it to a friend the other day that decided to change what they wanted to eat. And I said to them, I, you know, after they've told me, they go, oh, my wife is really against this. I said, uh-huh. I said, it's basically the universe testing you to see whether you're committed.'" To your own personal growth, mm. and and I sort of look at myself sometimes. And some days I wake up going, oh, maybe I shouldn't have chosen this path, you know. <laughs> when when someone sends me the headline, and my mum goes, "Pete, they're talking about you on talkback radio, and they're not saying very nice things about you." <laughs> hmm, you know. And it's nearly like, are you committed to this? And it's not committed to a message. Because I don't get caught up in that because I'm so willing to change and to go, oh, fuck, maybe that paleo thing wasn't the right thing. Maybe more plant-based could be the right thing. Maybe more carnivorous might be the right thing. I don't know. There seems to be more information coming out all the time. At the moment, this seems to be working for me. So I'm not steadfastly attached to any sort of belief, but it feels like that the question keeps coming back to me is are you committed to be vulnerable and speak your truth regardless of the judgment that you may or may not have and i have to say on the other side i have so many great comments from people that have gone pete you know i thought you were a dickhead and i followed some of the stuff that you've spoken about and my child that have behavioral disorders or disorders maybe not the right word but challenges is thriving now and my mother or grandmother that was so against anything to do with you has started to eat that way and they're lowering their medication that they're on and all of a sudden they're opening their eyes to different things and it's so there's part of it which is i guess positive if you wanted to put that spin on it then there's i guess if we want to use the word negative, there's sort of an equal balance there. <laughs> and I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, yeah. well, This is really interesting because there seems to be triggering emotions for so many people. And I do my best to stay neutral to it, <laughs> even though that, that sometimes is, is a little difficult. <laughs> and I love you, Mum, but um, sometimes you don't need to tell me when they're yeah. talking about me on Talkback Radio.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The change. I think that the thing is that, is that everything changes all the time and I would say a big part of what, what is triggering people when you're so willing to change and it's like when other people are so willing to change, you know, think of a relationship where an individual might be considered to be a free spirit. But the thing is change is happening all the time and, and our ability to align with that and to go with it doesn't sit well with a lot of people because they want to be able to box you, they want to be able to label you, they want to know certainty, and they want solid ground to stand on all of the time. And when you start to challenge that, it can become and they're breaking down to the very foundation of my life. You can't do this. That's you know where resistance and all that stuff comes from is just avoiding what's already happening. I think what you do is amazing, and it's, it's taught me a lot as far as just my own message as well. I think you, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And I think a lot of that from my perspective is that you're not trying to do it to win friends or influence people. It's just an opportunity to share a message.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was interesting today because somebody said, so what do you do? And I said, well, you shouldn't copy what I do because I've had 46, nearly 47 years to get to this point in my awareness and my spiritual growth and my mental growth growth and understanding and even my physical body and I still have more work to do and more practice to do in all of those realms. So why would you want to emulate what I'm doing currently? sure there's a little bit of a blueprint there or a foundation you know you can look at the way that you look at your diet and you can look at the way of which you connect to nature which i'm i'm happy to share in the books and movies and TV shows that we produce and we can look at different ways and i said you know there's different therapists out there there's spiritual ones there's energetic ones there's physical ones there's contemporary ones or conventional ones there's alternative ones i said i can't tell you who's going to work best for you it could be one or it could be a combination of these you know it's to remain curious and the dietary approach that i'm promote has worked for me but it may not work for you you know you might need to alter it and like i said more plants or less plants Mm. and you know i'm not going to judge you for that but to emulate somebody. I guess the only thing I would say is just to be yourself and to express yourself as authentically as possible. And I will continue to do that and you will continue to do that. And hopefully, as you said, we will be those pieces of that broken bottle that are all different shapes and sizes. And we will come together to form that common unity Mm. of expressing ourselves but still recognize each other for our unique and wondrous and unique, beautiful selves that we could look at going, Oh, it's fascinating that you are a different shape. <laughs> and, oh, no. and you know, and I'm excited for tomorrow, as I always am. And I'm very grateful for today.
1: Mm. Yeah. Some of some of them are different. Some of the days are different and yeah, absolutely. It's I love embracing that and that's why I'm loving seeing everyone on the beach at the moment, which is, I think it makes a massive difference.
0: Mm. Jason, I just want to tell you, mate, I love you. This is the second time we've had a good chat and I would love to get you back because we haven't even delved into some of the other topics that I would love to share with the audience and the work that you do on a quantum level, uh, which could blow some minds or open or expand. Maybe that's a better better terminology to expand perception
1: yeah well thank you so much Pete I love you too I really admire all the work that you're doing and it's yeah I'm excited to talk to you and, and, and honored to talk to you I'd be honored to come back beautiful love to awesome brother
0: thank you so much have a wonderful day and from everybody that's listening to this you're an amazing human being and I can't wait to hear what you're doing next <laughs> thanks
1: very much Pete Cheers, bye, mate. Bye. Enjoy. See you,
0: buddy. Bye. If you would like to become a qualified health coach, then the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, or IIN for short, can help you achieve your goals. I completed their health coaching course many years ago, which has been one of the catalysts for my own journey into what I now love to do, which is to help people achieve greater health through the sharing of information through my books, seminars, podcasts, TV shows, and films. I recommend IIN for anyone wishing to pursue a career in the health coaching and wellness space. IIN is a one-year course so that if you're a full-time worker, busy parent or wherever you are in your life, it is flexible enough so you'll be able to complete all the required curriculum. Please see the link included in the podcast show notes or my website to access the free sample class and first module of their program. This will give you a great taste of the format as well as the structure and you can also utilise my special discount that I can offer you if you decide to sign up. Make sure you tell the admissions team that you're part of the Pete Evans Tuition Savings to claim your very substantial discount. Please visit integrativenutrition.com or email admissions at integrativenutrition.com. The The Information Views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.